Next on BYU Sports Nation, Tanner Mangum and BYU do it again. This time, the other Mitch makes the miraculous catch. ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins the show to discuss both Mangum miracles, the running game, and the BYU defense. And early Heisman hype for Mangum, helmet stickers awarded, and BYU now has four top 20 teams on campus, ranked and ready. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. All hands on deck, BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, September 14th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. Hope you had a great weekend, <laughs> and you did. <laughs> I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with <laughs> BYUSN wardrobe consultant, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, I guess we wore a similar shirt today. It's plaid day. Uh, we have a lot to get to, okay? So let's just get to it. All right, Spuddy Buddy, I kept throwing him off the set. Boise State Week, I don't, okay? It's past that week, BYU won. He can come back up. It's he, all good, bro. He can come back up. Hey, hey, Nux, boom. All That's good. good. Spuddy Buddy! BYU owns Boise State. <laughs> no, <laughs> this, yeah. <laughs> this time, BYU Hey, did. listen, I had Is a... Is a rivalry now, Jim? No, still not. I had a very devoted fan to BYU football... Uh, come up to me and say, I'm so excited about everything that's happened. There's only one bad part about BYU winning. Mm. Jerem doesn't get to cut his hair. <laughs> yeah, I, I said a couple weeks ago, I won't cut my hair until BYU loses. So here we are. Oh, You don't like Brigham Flow, man? Oh, I, I told you. I am I'm having, all, I've never had it this hair. long since I was like two years old or something in the back. Yeah, you I have the sweet this. mullet curl up out of the back of the helmet. Like, the sides you, are killing yes. me. The sides are killing me. Jerem Jordan's it's hair. A, hey, I'm saving money right now. That's what's happening. You know what rhymes with hair? Prayer. Bronco Mendenhall. It's a fact. <laughs> admitted to saying a prayer on fourth and seven that his team would experience a win. And it worked. Here we go down that road, right? <laughs> Austin Collie part eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, what? You make a play. I, there's no explanation for this. We'll, we'll break it down. You in a can't moment, explain it. BYU's 2 0, man. BYU's 2 0 and ranked. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU beats Boise State 35-24. The Cougars were down by three with under a minute to play and win the game by 11. (laughs) What? They climb up to number 19 in the AP poll, 22 in the coaches poll. Stuart Mandela, FoxSports.com, has Tanner Mangum right now as number one in his Heisman top five. Blue yeah, yeah, get Stewart hey, some hey, blue goggles. It's early. Just enjoy it. We also want to mention this. This just came out. BYU at Michigan will be at noon Eastern on ABC or ESPN. Depends on what part of the country you live in. So countdown to kickoff is live at 11 Eastern, not this week, but next week for Michigan. Okay? Fifth-ranked women's soccer keeps rolling. The Cougars beat UNLV 2-0 Saturday in Provo. BYU is now 6-1. BYU hosts Oregon State Thursday night on BYU TV. You got the mega blue goggles on yeah, right I now, do. man. Well, We're going for Tanner Mangum being the number one Heisman candidate, according to Stuart Mandel. Like, I, I need these on. Okay. Yep. He's just a, he's not evaluating who's going to win. He's it, just saying right now. Yeah. He, he said he, he, Mangum's had two Heisman moments. It he makes does sense. it because of what has happened on the field. Who's, who's been better or more dramatic or more interesting? Nobody. Mm, absolutely. Tanner Mangum. Happy absolutely. birthday. Number nine BYU women's volleyball took two from Oregon State over the weekend. One match in three, the other in four sets. That was fun the Cougars, Friday night. 
play at Thursday or at Utah rather Thursday on the Pac-12 Network. And Cougars in the NFL. We'll note one guy, Giants rookie Wani Unga. Remember him? Twelve tackles and a pick in a 27-26 loss to the Cowboys. Nice performance for him. Boy, Wani. Danny Sorensen had seven tackles. Good stuff. Early shout out to at JMG Kugman. He says the best part of being in Dubai. BYU Sports Nation is primetime viewing at 8 p.m. Yeah. Hello, Dubai. Listen, when we originally made the show, we thought we need to cater to the audience in Dubai because it's 8 o'clock there. So, boom goes the dynamite. In the last month, we've had people listening in China, Scotland, England, Dubai, Afghanistan. Antarctica. That's how we roll, baby. Do they have Wi-Fi in Antarctica? Questions for another day. Everybody dialed in because of what? is happening right now with BYU football. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. He did it again. Pressure from behind. Mangum flips it into the end zone. We've seen this before. Touchdown, BYU. ESPN's Dave Lamont explaining the final offensive play of the BYU football game last Saturday night. Tanner Mangum. That's a great call. To Mitchell Jurgens. We've seen this before. Oh, That's a great it, call. It was The buildup was amazing. Touchdown, BYU. Well, to quote ESPN College Game Day, Tanner Mangum is a legend. End quote. Tanner Mangum also has the full confidence of his coach, and why wouldn't he? Listen to what Bronco Mendenhall said about the post-game conversation he had with Tanner. To give you an idea, he came off and said, sorry for making it so close, and he's smiling. But like, I mean, it's hard to phase that guy, <laughs> and I'm not going to try. But he, he's apologizing to me, to, to me to, for having the game. <laughs> I don't know what to say about him. He's, he's pretty special. Special is one word to describe him, Jerem. We all thought Tanner Mangum would be a pretty good quarterback at BYU. Elite 11, co-MVP, has been the heir apparent for a long time now. We've known about him since about 2011. Here we are in 2015, and BYU miraculously has two Hail Mary plays to win against Nebraska on the road and Boise State. They are 2-0. They are ranked. This is way too quick for what I thought would happen with Tanner Mangum, but he is the guy right now being talked about in college football at quarterback, and this week... True freshman Josh Rosen versus true freshman Tanner Mangum. Later this week, we'll break that down in more depth. I could not have ma- imagined BYU going 2-0, let alone 2-0 in the fashion that they have. This is fun. The bottom line is, if you're a BYU fan, you are having fun. And that atmosphere on Saturday night was second to none. The wideout, packed house, sold it out late at night uh, against Boise State. You beat a ranked team. The nation sees you do it. You do it in that fashion. Kind of cool with the icing on the cake. Despite Tom Homo's incessant get pleadings down. on the sideline to get down. Returns it for a pick six and BYU's 2-0. I almost can't believe it. I'm Seriously, I can't believe that BYU's 2-0 and ranked in the manner in which they have done this. Opportunistic. Gutty. Tough. Wow. The moment not bigger than the kid from Eagle, Idaho, and his teammates. BYU beats 20th-ranked Boise State 35-24. Tanner Mangum to Mitchell Jurgens. Jurgens channeling his inner Ken Griffey Jr., making a center field play on the ball. <laughs> goes and gets it. And BYU owns the national spotlight on back-to-back weeks. Which is amazing. And they have, don't have a rushing game still, and it's working. 
We'll break that down coming up as well. Third play from scrimmage in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Tanner Mangum throws an 84-yard bomb. Throws a 7-yarder to Blackman. Multiple 35-plus to Juergens. I mean, Juergens has 172 receiving yards in the game. Where was Mitch Matthews, Taron Houck, and Nick Kurtz? But it didn't matter. The BYU defense was fantastic. BYU wins, and now they have an opportunity to do some crazy stuff, right? Huge game this weekend with UCLA, who's number 10. But BYU is 2-0 and and ranked 19th. It hasn't been the prettiest. BYU's had to lean on miracles on fourth down, but they've won. They've won these games. Kind of cool. How about him back from suspension? Three picks, including hey, a back, touchdown. Man. Welcome back. The Kaisman. If you missed it, I tweeted out a photo, great photo from BYU photo of him leaping in the air. So, so to recap, dude gets off his two-year LDS mission a little over three months ago. Throws a 42-yard game winner on the final play of the game to win at Nebraska. Stepping in for the team captain and Captain America, Taysom Hill. The next week, he beats the team he grew up rooting for on a 4th and 7 with a 35-yard bomb to Mitchell Juergens in the final minute. We presented the script to ABC Family yesterday and Hallmark. (laughs) They rejected it because it was too sappy and unpredictable. They want pretty little liars instead. You can't make this stuff up. Last week, we, we on Monday, the message was, uh, or Tuesday was, learning cur- uh, maybe Wednesday, I'm losing my mind. It was a long day, Saturday, amazingly. Someone asked me, how long did it take you to go to sleep Saturday night? I got home at 1.30. I didn't go to bed until 3.30. I didn't want I co- to go to I sleep. Couldn't come down, I couldn't come down from that. It was, it was very exciting. Tanner Mangum exceeded expectations. He beat a ranked team at home in his first start, which, by the way, was the earliest start for a BYU quarterback. In a season ever. The a only true freshman, freshman, true freshman at BYU. to face a ranked team in his first start and then beat he, a ranked team. He chucks the ball deep a bunch of times, so he ends up with, what, 309 passing? He threw for 300 yards and one against a ranked team in his first game at home. I can, I, learning curve, it's still there. There's still stuff Mangum's got to work on, trust me. And, and BYU needs a running game. Mangum's got to throw timing routes. Uh, the, the tall trio's got to show up. Um, it, by the way, Nick Kurtz is not hurt, all indications. Maybe got in the doghouse. After not making a play on the interception, but he he had no impact on the game. Mitch Matthews two catches, Hauk no catches, but multiple ref hugs, which were revealed via Twitter photos. Uh, that's a thing now for Taron Hauk. If I'm a ref, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Get away from me. The Hauk hug lives <laughs> on. I think he did it because of the miraculous fashion they wanted. I think he was like, ah, it's a responsibility of mine to go and do this thing. Again. I do. I'm Taron Hauk and I hug oh, refs. My goodness, I need help. So there, there are, is this kind of outside sentiment that maybe this is the foreordained team and this is a special seat. You know what? Blue goggle alert. Just enjoy, just enjoy yeah. the moment right now. That's where I'm at too. Enjoy, enjoy the, the moment. moment. I'm, I'm not going to quite worry about what UCLA presents the table yet. It's Monday. The game's Saturday. We've got a lot of time. Late game again, uh, Saturday, 1030 Eastern time on FS1. Uh, our pregame show, 930 Eastern on BYU TV. And then at Michigan, Michigan looked really good against Oregon State um, on uh, Saturday. So Michigan won and won. They seem to be getting things going. I, here's my thought. Don't worry about it right now. Just soak in what we've seen, that Tanner Mangum has helped BYU win two games of the BYU defense, has some playmakers back there that they shined. Boise State's a good team. In my opinion, I think Boise State's still going to make New Year's Six as the group of five team. I don't, BYU doesn't derail that in any way. Boise State lost two games last year and still made it to New Year's Six. This might be a really, really, really good win later. 
because I think Boise State's a good team. BYU just happened to play a great game in the end and outscored Boise State by 21 in the fourth. Who's going to beat Boise State in the Mountain West Conference? They're a good team. They are a good team. And I've heard the sentiment, well, BYU is lucky. I mean, they needed two miracles. Yeah, BYU is lucky. They're also skilled. It takes skill to get lucky in that situation because you, you have to put the ball in a place where a receiver can make a play. Was the secondary play by Nebraska and Boise State great on those two plays to Mitch? No. Which you were great, by the way, on the postgame. You said, Tanner Mangum just throws it up to a Mitch, and a Mitch will catch the ball, and BYU will win. A ball off fails, throw it to a Mitch. <laughs> the, there, there is luck. Yes, absolutely. But there was skill involved to finish those plays. It's not like... You know, Boy State's dropping the ball at the one yard line, and BYU's picking it up and running it back for 99 yards. BYU's making a play I see on what a you fourth did there. down. Yeah, I made fun of Caitlin Clay. <laughs> I'll say this before we introduce today's Twitter question. We haven't even done that yet. Wow. The fact that BYU was even in position to win both of these games without Taysom Hill and without Jamal Williams Unbelievable. is unreal. So, yes, there is absolutely skill involved. What other team in America is doing that, losing arguably the two best players on the team? If Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams were on the team and healthy, does BYU win both those games by double digits? More? Well, double digits against Boise State happened because of kind of Kuna. Hmm. Yeah, well, there you go. Okay, now to our Twitter question. Who get, of all of the performances, of everything that happened on Saturday night, who gets your BYUSN helmet sticker from Saturday's win? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Pterodactyl Farm. Has to huh? be Kai Nakua. If not for his play, then for his epic TD celebration, which was fantastic. That needs to be addressed. The celebration was awesome. Because that moment was BYU won the game. You know, he, he could have gone down and the smarter play... Would have been to go down. But Kainakua was a quarterback in high school in Vegas. He is dangerous with the ball in his hand. Really dangerous. As he's off 50 yards on that return. 26 on the other. He put BYU in position to score both times. In fact, he scored on, on the other one. You said he's BYU's Ed Reed. I love he's that He's BYU's comparison. Ed Reed, the old Ravens quarter, uh, cornerback, safety, who when he would get a pick, it was on, baby. Everyone thought pick six every time. I think Nakua is that way. At Toshalin 19. Hands down, Kai Nakua and Mitchell Jurgens should each get one. Three turnovers and three touchdowns between them. They saved the game. How about that? Huge performances from, from guys that before the game, I think we thought Kai Nakua would have a major impact on the game, but not to that degree. Three interceptions. And then Mitchell Jurgens. this guy was a walk-on, what, three weeks ago? And then he was a hero on Saturday. You think he deserves a, uh, a scholarship? <laughs> Good thing he got one. Oh, my goodness. Man. At Corey Hatch says, Dr. Bob, applying the old brute force algorithm to the running game. Give it time. Always works. Penicillin factor. We'll tell you maybe why we think the running game all of a sudden opened up in the fourth quarter and why that ended up being genius. Join our conversation using the hashtag BYUS and who gets a helmet sticker. Up next, it's another Maddich Monday. ESPN's Trevor Maddich back on the program. How do you explain this? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation 
and use the hashtag BYUSN. I think inside BYU football will be interesting again. I don't know. Just a shot in the dark there. Tomorrow night, 7.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. A recap or last week's episode will air at 7 Eastern tomorrow as well. Check it out. An all-access look inside BYU football tomorrow night. Rebroadcast at 7 of last week's. The brand new one at 7.30. Is this the year to do this show or what? Hey, we don't need Hallmark or ABC Family. We're producing the movie by ourselves. I forgot we have our own national station. Fancy that. BYU TV for Inside BYU Football Tuesday, 7.30 Eastern. Our Twitter question today, who gets your BYU Sports Nation helmet sticker from Saturday's win? At Landon Wolf says, Bronco Mendenhall gets a sticker. Defense brought it, defended short fields, and dominated the fourth quarter. Remember how Bronco Mendenhall took over the defense and we've seen them perform at a level they needed to to win those games? The offense needed to win those games. Remember, I called for this several weeks ago. The offense will win games for BYU, and you're seeing that happen. Find a way to make it happen. And find a way to get ESPN College Football analyst and expert Trevor Maddich back on the show. That is what we are doing right now. It is another Maddich Monday. Joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Oh, man, it's great to be back. What a what a couple of games to start the season. Wow. How do you explain it? And you can't. Okay, we started last week asking you about your raw reaction when you saw Mitch Matthews catch the touchdown pass at Nebraska. What was your raw reaction when you saw Mitchell Jurgens catch the game winner against Boise State? I was in the car driving from East Lansing, the Oregon-Michigan State game, back to D.C. to do Redskins stuff. I had pulled over to watch uh, that game on the Watch ESPN app. And on the side of the road, if anybody was looking, they would have seen a guy looking at a little screen, and then they would have seen this. He did it again! He did it again! No way! I was yelling in the car that he did it again. It was crazy to see the same kind of, of... Unexpected, unpredictable beauty to win a football game. And that's what it took to beat those two good teams. Boise State, number 20, in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's a fourth and three. Just throws it up. He makes a play. I've been talking about a little bit about luck versus skill involved in these plays. What do you, what do you think when it comes to luck and skill? Well, there's, there's both involved, but neither one of them come into play unless you, you have the courage to go for it. I mean, they will throw the ball deep, and the receivers will go up and go after that football. And so skill can come into it, luck can come into it, but it's the courage that sets it up to begin with. And keep this in mind, it's courage not just from the players but from the coaches to call those plays and to send that ball deep because BYU – Right now, it's taking advantage of one of the metrics that, that makes you win. I mean, turnover margin is the thing that most people think of when you think of the most important single statistic or metric, turnover margin. But another metric is up there with equal importance, and that is explosive plays. And most people define those as passes over 20 yards, runs over 10 yards. And BYU is consistently in the first two weeks getting explosive plays down the field, taking advantage of that metric. Any, anybody with a computer degree can tell you that clinically that's what makes it work. But from an emotional standpoint to watch it, what a thrill to see those balls come down. Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation, ESPN College football analyst. Of all of the things, good things, bad things that happened on Saturday night, Trevor, what stuck out the most to you from BYU? Toughness. I loved how they fought the fight. 
they were down in the mud with Boise State, and Boise, Boise was trying to intimidate BYU. They were trying to emotionally be the alpha male and give BYU extra shots after plays at the bottom of piles, stuff like that. And BYU was having none of it. You know, it reminded me of the Oklahoma victory in the season opener a few years ago. And what I said on Sports Center, by the way, after that game was that BYU faced the mighty Oklahoma Sooners in an ugly street brawl. And those nice, married, church-going return missionaries hit the Sooners in the mouth and took their ball from them. That is, that, that's what happened here. Boise tried to do the same thing, and I was so impressed with the, with the character and the courage of BYU's players. They didn't just play well. They refused to back down, and that's not something you can coach. That's who you are. Our Twitter question today is, who gets your BYU Sports Nation helmet sticker from Saturday's win? What do you think, Trevor? Oh, Kai Nakua. Kai Nakua, the safety with three interceptions. I mean, while BYU's offense was struggling, Nakua and that defense, Bronson Kafusi and the rest of the guys up front, but with Nakua pulling the trigger on the big plays, kept them close enough so that those big plays by the offense would matter. How would you rate the BYU collective defensive effort on Saturday night? Love it. Love it. Bronco Mendenhall puts them in position. He doesn't just call a, a stunt or a coverage or a blitz because maybe this is a good time and the computer says that they have a tendency here. No, he's like an artist. He feels what they're going to do specifically on a given play, and when he dials up some sort of a defensive play, it's for a specific reason, and so often that reason pans out. So those defensive players were in position to make plays, but then, then they were the tougher team. That defense was flying around crushing people. And for the the concept that some people erroneously have of BYU as a finesse passing team, well all you have to do is watch this tape and it'll it'll uh it'll it'll crush that idea in a hurry. At ESPN and in, in the circles you're in, what's the conversation like about BYU, Trevor? They love BYU around here. It's fun because because it's fun. I mean, you get jaded watching so much football. I mean, we watch it's uh, it's crazy how much football we watch. Live games, tape, everything else, and and guys around here, the the analysts, the hosts, they think of BYU as as really the entertaining show of the moment. And somebody on ESPN.com actually wrote a writer that this is America's team now. So you know, there's always been a respect here, and I, I think part of the respect comes from the fact that before they really knew BYU, they knew Steve Young as an NFL analyst here. And they respect Steve so much for the way he represents BYU that there's already a tendency to want to respect BYU. But then you watch them play. And then you watch them react after they win games. And it has been so satisfying and so much fun to watch that around here at ESPN, and I'm in the green room right now, right now I'm watching tape of, of Auburn to figure out what in the world happened to them, yeah. right? People are walking into the green room wanting to talk to me about BYU. So that's what's happening. Follow him at T. Maddich on the Twitter machine. Trevor Maddich of ESPN joining BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars had negative 14 yards rushing at halftime. Not good. Didn't get much better in the third quarter. There was some push there, but in the fourth quarter, you started to see BYU find some success in the running game. What allowed them to do that late in the game? Uh, tenacity and stubbornness and wanting to protect Tanner Mangum. I mean, the, they can't afford to lose Mangum now that, that Taysom Hill is out. And so I think part of the reason for continuing to invest in the run was to keep the defense focused on the run. 
And but Robert and I, being a former offensive lineman himself, could see his offensive linemen hitting hard. Now they weren't winning the battles, but they were they were causing attrition in there. They were fatiguing that defense. But I think when it got to that fourth quarter, all those run calls started to pay off. I mean, the there were 29 runs that were not from the quarterback. Some of the quarterback runs, there were 10 of them, were called, and some of them were were scrambles. But if you just take the the non-quarterback runs, there were 29 total in the game. And so, you know, I think you could, Robert and I could see that there was benefit, even though those benefits weren't showing up in yards. It protected his quarterback, and it set up that fourth quarter. Because in the fourth quarter, again, you go back to alpha male, go back to the caveman philosophy. In the fourth quarter, the BYU offensive line was the alpha Neanderthal that shoved around Boise State's defensive front. But that would not have happened had they not invested in the run early. A lot happened on Saturday that was interesting, and I thought, Robert and I, the fans were frustrated at the amount of rushing calls, um, despite, you know, and, and not working. But what happened in the fourth quarter was something, the line all of a sudden uh, created holes, BYU was better conditioned, something happened to where BYU scored 21 points in that quarter. What did you see from maybe the O-line in the rushing game that actually worked in the fourth? Well, conditioning's a part of it. Uh, keep in mind that BYU recruits to the honor code. They also train to the honor code. Now, I've been out there a couple of times in the off season talking to the strength and conditioning staff, and they've told me, and also Bronco, they've told me that that because of the honor code, they expect their players to not have as many pollutants in their body, you know, the things that you're, you're told to avoid. And because of that, they use high technology to train and monitor very closely the actual physiological state of players' bodies under stress. And they're able to take that up to the point to where they can get the maximum conditioning out of it without going over and having it become detrimental. And so they, they expect with the go fast, go hard, they expect that honor code to give them an edge later in games. Now, whether or not this is directly related to that, I don't know. But certainly that philosophy uh, paid off in terms of, of extra conditioning with extra purity in the bodies that are being conditioned. Trevor, it's tough to turn the page after another miraculous win. It was tough to go from Nebraska to Boise State, now from Boise State to UCLA. But the Cougars have to go in and face a 10th-ranked team in the country on the road at the Rose Bowl. How do they pull off an upset in Pasadena? I want to see the tall receivers get angry, get tough, because that's, that's what they need. I mean, the BYU to drive the ball down the field uh, is a hard thing for them still uh, early in games against better defenses. They really are reliant on those big plays. And they've got four receivers on the depth chart that are between 6'4 and 6'6. The problem is that sometimes those guys don't go up with, a, with an anger, with a proprietary intent to take that ball because it's theirs. The, one of the interceptions that Mangum threw, he was throwing it up towards one of those tall guys, Taron Houck, on the right sideline, streaking down the sideline. And the ball was thrown a little bit short. And so Hauk just sort of drifted away from it, and the defender stepped in front and went up and got the ball. Well, that defender was seven inches shorter and 40 pounds smaller than Hauk. 
I would have wanted to have seen Hauk jump up and beast the ball away from him. Um, and those tall guys need to do that. They went up and got a few balls up in the air, jumped high against Nebraska, and it was a thing of beauty to watch. But when they are contested, they need to do the same thing. I mean, you see the way Devin Blackman, or Devon Blackman did it uh, in this game against Boise. He would go up and beast that ball away from a defender as if the ball were the last cookie on the plate, and he's one of ten kids. Right? He went after that thing. And that's what the tall receivers need to do against UCLA in order for BYU to maximize their opportunity there. One good thing about uh, BYU going into this game, and UCLA is the hardest game on the schedule by far, in my opinion, and, and they've looked the part, is that BYU has played two really hard games and won going in. So they have that confidence. How is maybe this set up in game three different than previous years where BYU doesn't play as tough a schedule going into a big game like this? Well, this will tax their depth because the thing is, you look at these four games, Nebraska, Boise, at UCLA, at Michigan, and by the way, Michigan, from a toughness standpoint, is fully and absolutely back. I mean, Michigan is, is going to be a tough game as well. And so uh, this from a standpoint of scheduling standpoint, taxes depth in the way it hasn't been done in the past. In the past, we'd play a tough game, but then we'd have a game where we could kind of get out ahead and some of the backups can come in and get some meaningful minutes and things like that. You've got a straight month here where the starters have to be in there and then the key backups. And there's no chance for rest. And there's a meat grinder, a meat grinder physically that they have to go through. Now, it's a meat grinder for the other team, too. But BYU needs to stay healthy and, and fight through the physical fatigue in this first month of the season because there is no rest in September. Trevor, when you hear somebody say, well, BYU had to win on two Hail Mary plays, so maybe they have some things that they need to fix. I, I kind of look at it as, they're doing this without Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. The fact they were even there to compete in those games to me is pretty remarkable. How would you answer that debate? Oh, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you have to win on two Hail Marys. Okay, we won on two Hail Marys, BYU would say. Right? We won. We did it. You stopped us. You knew that the Hail Marys were coming, and guess what? You lost. That's what I think BYU would say. I'm not putting words in the coaches or players' mouth, but I think from a standpoint of BYU fans, I think that would be the response uh, to anybody who says that. Now, it is true that BYU has things to fix. It's not like BYU is, you know, the Green Bay Packers. But at the same time, after a while, you just get good at certain things. And Tanner Mangum has shown that he is good at being flushed out of the pocket and throwing the ball on the run up to a place where a receiver can make a play. And the receivers, especially the small receivers, Mitch... uh, Mitch Jurgens, yeah, and, and Devon Blackman were the smaller receivers, and they went up and they beasted the ball. Wait till the bigger guys start doing that on a more regular basis. The uh, and so when you uh, when you're able to do that, you're able to do that. And so I don't I don't think it's a matter of luck. I think they put themselves in position where their their skill and their luck were able to come into play because they had the courage to make the attempt. They had the courage to try it. They had the courage to throw those balls down the field and go for them. And there are a lot of teams that are, that are afraid to do that because they, they're just afraid to. So luck and skill, yeah, they, they, luck comes into it, skill comes into it, but courage is what enables the whole thing. Trevor, great stuff. We appreciate the passion and the insight. And for your sake, I hope you are not stuck in a car between East Lansing and Washington, D.C., having to watch the end of the BYU-UCLA game this weekend. 
Yeah, you know, I wanted to get back on the road, but I couldn't take my eyes off the game. You know, so. <laughs> oh, All right, good guys. stuff. Thanks, Trevor. Okay. How far is that drive? That's what oh, I want to know. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Wow. Dude, it's nine hours? A nine-hour drive. Let's get this guy on a plane, man. How hard was he working on Saturday and over the weekend? Wow. Great stuff, great stuff from Trevor. The courage involved. Beast the ball away. To th- make those throws, yeah, and beast the ball away. Go get that last cookie in the cookie jar when they're 10 kids. One of 10 kids. My mom's one of 10 kids. I'll have to ask her about that. <laughs> Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we take a look at some of the numbers inside BYU's win over Boise State. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow's the Super Tuesday. It is every week during the football season, starting at 6 Eastern time, a rebroadcast of this very program, BYU Sports Nation, followed by two half-hour editions of Inside BYU Football. The first at 7 Eastern is last week's, and then 7.30 is the brand-new show for this week. Then at 8 Eastern, after further review, an X's and O breakdown with Brian, David, and the guys uh, at 8 Eastern. It's Super Tuesday on BYU TV. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Perhaps if you were buried under a rock and don't have a phone or a radio or a TV. Is there a single person who's like, BYU beat Boise State (gasps) right now? What? BYU beat Boise State 35-24. This is for that person. The Cougars climb up to number 19 in the AP poll. Stuart Mandel of FoxSports.com has Tanner Mangum as number one in his Heisman top five citing two Heisman moments. Also, the BYU at Michigan game, as Jeremy announced off the top of the show, at noon Eastern on ABC or ESPN on September 26th. Fifth-ranked women's soccer keeps rolling. The Cougars beat UNLV 2-0 in Provo Saturday night. BYU is now 6-1. BYU hosts Oregon State Thursday on BYU TV. Number 9-ranked BYU women's volleyball took two matches from Oregon State over the weekend. One match in three. Jerem called that on Friday night on BYU TV. The other in four sets. The Cougars play at Utah Thursday live on Pac-12 Network. And Cougars in the NFL, Wani Unga, who missed last season rehabbing from an injury, had 12 tackles and an interception in a 27-26 loss to the Cowboys. We've talked a lot about the pageantry surrounding BYU's last second win for the second time this season, the emotion, the fun stories that always arise, the Hauk hug, Tanner saying sorry to Bronco for making it so close at the end of the game. I mean, there, there are so many great storylines within what happened in those few hours on Saturday night. But let's take a look at some of the hard data, Jerem, and what BYU did on the field. Emotion separated from all of this conversation. But just the performance level. I am a robot. No emotion. Let's are you start... questioning my logic? No, no I am not we questioning never do. your Bracket logic. Matrix. Settle down, bracket. But I bracket do want face. to talk about... The BYU defense to start. Oh, they were good. I mean, just eye test, BYU's defense looked really, really good. There were were some moments, missed tackles, whatever, but it looked significantly better than they did against Nebraska. Yeah, I was impressed with the BYU defense. Okay, you look at statistically, the BYU offense only had 20 more yards than the defense. You gave up 24. You're hoping you have less than 24. Whatever. You made plays when you needed them. You got stops when you needed them. How much, all the great field position from Boise State yielded what? Three points? Ten points? In the first half? Seven points? You know, it didn't, it didn't yield a ton for them. BYU made plays, got stops, had three interceptions by the same dude, Kainakua, 
and really turned it on. That way, later in the game, the Frank Wintrick effect could take over. Okay? Ah. You, and I have a stat for that one. It is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In the fourth quarter, BYU's outscored its opponents 30 to nothing. 21 this- points against Boise State, 9 against Nebraska. The, the other teams haven't scored. BYU is well-conditioned. The run game wasn't working. Everyone in the West Dance was doing this. Sit down! And boo! And then they cheered when Adam Hine ran it in. And that worked in the fourth quarter. Here's what I think happened, Spencer. Robert and I had flashbacks to Jay Keeps after Tanner Mangum threw two picks. I, I really think he did. True he freshman said, quarterback. Yeah, and he said, oh, I better, we better just rush the ball. And it wasn't working, and he kept with it. Maybe to his detriment, he's, he calls. He's Dr. Bob. He calls what he wants to call. Okay, But it worked in the fourth for whatever reason. The O-line, the tight end, the blocking, the running. All of a sudden, Adam Hine looks like Jamal Williams in the fourth quarter. Ends up with 93 yards rushing, and BYU wins that game. If they can't rush the rock in the fourth, they don't win. Hey, Bracket Matrix, what do you think about that stat of the day, dude? Can that compute in your matrix? The Wintrick effect? 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter. It's a wild stat, right? Frank Wintrick and the conditioning. And in the first episode of Inside BYU Football, there is a clip of Frank saying, when we get to the fourth quarter, those guys' heads are going to start to hang. We want to keep going. Adam Hine will join us on BYU Sports Nation in five minutes after BYU practice. He, he's become the guy he's the as number the running one. back. I don't know what happened to Algernon Brown. Uh, Brown had a, he had a long, he had a 20-yard rush in there. But the okay, running backs. BYU actually rushed for one forty-one, lost sixty-nine, fifty-nine of that on a couple of fumbles. Okay? BYU lost so, sixty-nine so they, yards. You, you don't you, you take those fumbles out of it? Not so bad. The receivers. Devon Blackman had six catches for a buck oh five, and then he had Jurgens with uh, four for one seventy-two. Where was Mitch Matthews? Two catches. Well, he had five. Sorry, right? five for thirty-two. Okay, that was fine. Five catches, not a ton of yards, but decent. None from Nick Kurtz. None from Hauk. Yet BYU wins this game and throws for three hundred nine. That's how good this receiving group is. You had an off day from three of the, two of those dudes, yet you had Blackman and Jurgens step up. I thought that was notable. You only complete 17 passes and you throw for 309. The best position group on the team. By far. The wide receivers. By far. Let them go make a play. Is it any more complex than that? Hey, Tanner Mangum, let your receivers go make a play because they're good athletes. And to his credit, he's putting the ball in a position where they can grab it. Who gets your BYUSN helmet sticker from Saturday's win? Perhaps it's Adam out. Hine. He will join us next. What happened in the fourth quarter to spring him loose and get BYU going in the right direction? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, you can watch the rebroadcast that was launched back on September 1st. It's everyday weeknights on BYU TV, 6 p.m. Eastern. A new episode of Inside BYU Football, which should be a fun one again. An all-access look at what went into the Boise State game and what happened, the aftermath, all that, coming up tomorrow night, 7.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. And again, a rebroadcast of last week's show every week at 7 Eastern on Tuesday nights, right before it. If you're a BYU football fan, good chance you notice the stickers on the helmets. Players get those for achieving certain standards, making big plays, and we at BYU Sports Nation like to do that now. Did it last week, started it, and we're going to give our helmet stickers after the week two win over Boise State to one BYU football player. So Jerem, 
There are a lot of great things that happen. Who gets the helmet sticker from you? Hard not to give one to Tanner Mangum or Mitchell Jurgens, but I'm going to give mine to Kai Nakua. Okay, Kai Nakua gets one because he has an immediate impact in the game after being suspended against Nebraska, helps stop several drives, in fact, puts the icing on the cake with that 50-yard interception return. Kai Nakua is a baller. The Kaisman. I'm going with the defense as well. And again, Mitchell Jurgens was unbelievable. Tanner Mangum makes the throw again. Great plays to, to start and to finish the game. The bookend offensive plays were unforgettable. But the BYU defense rose to the occasion time and again. They kept BYU in striking distance. And Bronson Kafusi on the defensive line was an absolute disruptor for BYU on Saturday night. He gets my helmet sticker. Six tackles, four of them solo, had quarterback hurries. He's chasing down fast. He was chasing down Boise's fastest guy from behind. Shane Williams Rhodes. Okay, Bronson so. Kafusi was balling on Saturday night. And while he didn't have three interceptions or three sacks, he caused problems time and again for Boise State. I said this during the summer and repeated it you know, a couple weeks ago. The offense will win games for BYU. The defense will put BYU in position to win. Remember the phrase, defense wins championships? I think that's gone in this modern era of spread offenses and tempo. and what You just give up more plays, more points naturally, okay? But the BYU offense rose to the occasion, scored 28, seven more from the defense to make it 35, and that was enough to win. And the defense made plays when they needed to. BYU's giving up more points and yards than they want, but it's enough because get, you remember what I said too? Tougher opponents, it's going to be tougher to maintain the 24 standard. So BYU has done a nice job of the offense making sure they get over the hump. Every, everything's working. Granted, you're, you're hoping for miracles at the end of these games, but you've learned in wins with a true freshman. Who gets your helmet sticker from Saturday night's win? Adam Hine joins us after a short break. He might be the guy that turned the momentum of the game when he broke that tackle and scored the touchdown. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation, guys. The BYU store isn't the best place for tossing the football. You're taking a nap? Seriously? Okay, you can find plenty of general interest and religious books and a wide selection of treats. I'll admit, the cougar wear looks great on Spencer. We are live in the BYU store. Now this is your best idea. The BYU Store, proud to sponsor BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. I'm attorney Chris Dexter at Dexter Law. We love BYU sports and consider it a privilege to sponsor Cougar Sports Broadcasts on BYU TV. Our law firm has been assisting clients since 1995. Some people believe that they only need a lawyer when they're in trouble. At Dexter Law, we provide services for life's challenges and opportunities, such as adopting a child or starting a business. Learn more at DexterLaw.com. We're very interested at Southern Virginia University in developing the whole person. I think we're building a tradition of character and a tradition of excellence, and we're doing it one athlete at a time. Southern Virginia University is a place where you can be passionate about your education, committed to excellence as an athlete, and never compromise your faith. Tonight on Studio C, I perform a three-act play I wrote about bats. It's a musical. Here's a little taste to whet your appetite. Creatures of the night. 
Why do you look so frightful? Bats, bats of the night. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Generally, in this portion of the program, we like to whip it. But you see me whip. And now, hey, nay, nay. Listen, we don't get to talk and now we Hine. to Adam Hine every day, though, at 1049 Mountain Time in the morning. He joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Adam, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, it's good to be with you guys. Let's start with your touchdown run in the fourth quarter. What happened on that play that kind of got you sprung outside and allowed you to get into the end zone? Um, you know what? I think... <laughs> There's a couple guys who missed their tackles, and uh, we had some good blocks downfield, I, I guess. And uh, all I can say is I got loose, and I was just like, hey, I'm running to the end zone, so that's how it happened. Earlier in the game, uh, Robert and I kept going back to the well of running the ball. Why is it that you think he stuck with it? You know what? They schemed us really well. Their backers were amazing. They played really well, and it it took us a little bit to get adjusted to it. But once we did, um, the run game really opened up, and it, it really helped out. Adam, what changes did you implement or put in to, to get that work on late in the game? Um, you know what? We talked a lot on the sidelines. We got to the sidelines, we talked, we talked, and we talked about what they're scheming, what they're doing, and that helped out so much. Pretty much what we came down to is that they're going to come hard, and we just have to bring some uh, head up. And that's what we ended up doing, and uh, it worked out. Was it your conditioning? Was it the blocking? Cha- I mean, I mean, like I, I'm trying to pinpoint because you guys, it, it seemed like something just snapped and changed in that fourth quarter. What was it? You know, I think blocking really improved a lot. I think we were a lot more hard nosed in the second half, and uh, we brought it to them. I think they brought it as well, and it was good to win a lot of the battles up front and. Uh, it paid off because we broke a couple of runs. Adam, what's the locker room like right now after a second euphoric win in as many weeks? It's good. I mean, we're happy. We're having a good time. But we know that this week it's UCLA, so we got to get get our scheming, our game plan. It's nice. You know, we're on cloud nine for a little bit. But right when Monday hits, it's back to business. Adam, when did you take over as the primary ball carrier? Was that earlier in the week in practice? Um, I'm not sure, you know, just as games come and situational situations come up, um, I got I got some more carries. So I wouldn't say there was a turning point when I became the primary ball carrier, but, you know, my coach just says be ready, and I was ready, and I got a lot of carries. So I was happy with that. BYU senior running back Adam Hine with us on BYU Sports Nation. Adam, how would you sum up Tanner Mangum after two weeks? He's doing well. I mean, he's fearless. That's the word I'll use for him. He's fearless, and he's gonna—he—he's he, not gonna back down to any challenges. Um, as you've seen from the last couple of games, just one second left, 54 seconds left, fourth and one doesn't matter. We're going for it, and he's our fearless guy going out with us. Where were you on that uh, on that fourth down conversion into the end zone uh, for the touchdown with Jurgens? Were you on the field or the sideline? I was on the I was in the pocket. I was just blocking there, and 
So you you were the block that made it all possible? Is that what I understand? <laughs> no, I wasn't at all. I was part of it, but I wasn't. <laughs> what was it like when you saw the ball go into Mitch Jurgen's hands? It was great, you know. <laughs> you always got to look around and see if any flags are thrown. And after that, you know, you got to get the... Got to get to celebrating. Sorry, I'm out of breath. I'm going up some stairs right now. I was going to say, it sounds like, are you like are you lifting weights right now? Are you now, lifting dude? as we speak? No. I'm going up the RV stairs, going oh. up on the campus. I have class right now. Wow. The RV stairs are the hardest. That That's like a conditioning drill in and of itself right now. It is. You know? I love it. Is, is anyone is anyone telling you good game or nice game as you walk up the stairs right now? <laughs> uh, just one person, but... I just told him I'm on the phone. Do me a favor right now. Next person that walks by, you tell him, hey, I'm talking to BYU Sports Nation. All right, I'm kind of in an empty spot right now. But once someone comes at me, I'll tell him. <laughs> Adam Hine is a gamer. He is. He just practiced and is walking the RB stairs. Hey, that's how we do it. That's the running back room right there. I, I know exactly what you're going through right now. I've walked up those stairs a million times as a student. That, yeah, this is this is some heavy breathing. It is, but I'm catching my breath now. <laughs> Adam Hine joining us after BYU beats Boise State 35-24. Adam, how how tough is it to turn the page to UCLA when you again when you have that emotional high? Don't you just want to relish it a little bit longer? <laughs> I would say yes, but we've learned um, to focus up and get ready to go to battle again. I mean, it's a quick transition. Saturday night's good. We're in the treatment room for a little bit on Sunday. On Monday, it's game planning for whoever else we're playing. And, I mean, I'd love to say we, we, we're celebrating, but we're not. We're looking to beat UCLA right now. Was there any conversation? I, I thought I heard this on the sideline about let's do it for Taysom in the fourth quarter. Someone said that that was said. Was that a thing? You know what? I didn't hear it said. Okay. But uh, I'm pretty sure someone said it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone said it. It's tough. I mean, uh, man, I, it's hard to talk about all he's gone through for the team, and mm-hmm. and he's in the position he is right now. But I think a lot of our situational things – yeah, we're always thinking about Taysom. He's still our fearless leader. Adam, before you go, we would like to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to go and do your thing at UCLA, man. Hey, thank you so much. We're going to have fun. All right. Roll, roll, baby. Adam, we appreciate the time. Enjoy class. Catch your breath. I will. I caught it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> you got it. Adam Hine joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Those stairs are no joke, man. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. That, that's literally the hardest thing he could have done on campus while doing the interview. It would have been easier lifting weights. He's walking up. Has he, has, that, that's everyone like, that's walked up those stairs right now is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The RB stairs, It's like walking it's up to, in Nepal into the high mountains to, to get further light and knowledge. The... the, the uh, that's where the who hangs out. Who used to be a character on the show? I can't remember. <laughs> the Oracle. The, the Oracle or- hangs out up there. The, where is the, the BYU Sports Oracle? The movie Everest is coming out soon. That's about walking up the RB stairs. Oh, today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Helping You Need a Host, DexterLaw.com. It goes to Mitchell Jurgens, 172 yards receiving. The 84 yard touchdown grab on third and 19. 
on BYU's first drive and the catch to put BYU ahead on fourth and seven, 35 yards away. Mitchell Jurgens gets our rise and shout. Normally we whip, and then you saw us Hine. Ah. It, it just works too He's well. the machine. The machine. The who Haitian your, sensation. Who gets your BYUSN helmet sticker from Saturday's win at Mary D. Blanchard said, yes, Adam Hine coming up on BYUSN. Give him all the karma. He might deserve he might deserve a helmet sticker. Again, that play, it changed everything. He finished with 93 yards rushing. Our elite tweet of the day from Hat Shy Socks underscore Hawks. I wore the same clothes for each BYU game, and I will not wash them until the season is over. Wife not happy. I've wore the same shirt on game day. I'm going to wear it again this Saturday. Twice. The show on demand, BYUSN.com. Thanks to Trevor Maddox and Adam Heen and our guests. Shout out to Brett Kiesel. We're back to work tomorrow.